With the fourth pick in the 2015 NBA Draft, the New York Knicks select Kristaps Porzingis from Leopaya, Latvia. He last played for Sevilla in Spain. And since then, those boos have turned into cheers signaling a pivotal moment in Knicks franchise history as the Knicks selected their first top five homegrown talent since Patrick Ewing in 1985. Finally, a true glimmer of hope. Nickish Podcast Episode 2, NBA Eve. And welcome back to the Nickish Podcast. This is episode number two. My name is Mo. I'm here with my co-host Nafi. Yo, it's the best time of the year, man. What is it? It's uh, NBA Eve. My calendar is uh, telling me facts. It's, like, uh, I don't know. Let me check with you. Is, is this NBA Eve or am I tripping? It's NBA Eve, bro. The NBA starts tomorrow. We've been waiting months for this. I'm I'm so excited. So excited. Mm, same here. Woke up this morning giddy and shit. You know, just hopping around in my pajamas. You know, he's excited for what's coming ahead. Let's see what the NBA fairy left under our NBA tree. You know? Yeah, and this this season, man, everyone's saying it's going to be crazy. There's so many stories that, you know, started from this summer. Uh, we have a dynasty pretty much, you know, unraveling before our eyes. The king, one of the greatest of all time, arguably the GOAT, moved to L.A., He's playing for the Lakers now. We're going to see how he does in yellow in, in gold and purple. And, you know, the Knicks, I don't know, what can I say about the Knicks? They are uh, going to lose again. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to do Knickish things, you know, because it's, it's a very Knickish time of year. But, um, yo, just like, like circling back, like, yo, LeBron fucking James is a Laker, bro. Like, like 10 years ago, if I went back in time to a high school High school Nafi, high school Kobe Bryant, Stan Nafi, that LeBron would be a Laker. I probably had like 18 different heart attacks and a stroke, like at that moment. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like a monster. Wow. He looks like a monster in that jersey. It just fits. You know what I mean? Like, just it's weird to say, you know, because uh, I also feel like it just goes to the theme of like these casual Laker fans that always Photoshop other NBA players into the Lakers uniform. So I'm pretty sure I've seen LeBron in a Lakers uniform for the past five years. But nevertheless, yeah, I feel like it fits him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we're we're gonna talk later on about you know maybe in a future episode how how well we think the Lakers are gonna play this season. But you know right now we're gonna we're gonna start off with the Knicks. The most recent news that happened. Uh, today uh, was Joakim Noah. He is officially not with the Knicks anymore. So, round of applause. Noah is finally out. This dude averaged 5 points and 8.8 rebounds in 22 minutes in his first season. And then he averaged 1.7 points, 2 rebounds. And that was just in about 5 minutes in 7 games last season. This dude was garbage uh, with the Knicks. Uh, he got a monster contract by Phil Jackson, but 
he's finally out. So how much is that going to save the Knicks in the future? Because I know by waving him, they got to pay him some extra. But you know, you'll be able to explain better than I will. I mean, just just going back a little bit. I mean, you did forget one important accolade on that on that Noah list of his Knicks tenure. I mean, you got you can't overlook. He almost snuffed Jeff Hornacek. So got that going for him. You know, like that's this a toppling moment, honestly. Like you, you can't sleep on that. Don't don't sleep on his contributions. But um, yeah, going back to like the the fucking the formalities of this move, like it obviously clears the roster spot. So I think I read that that spot is gonna go to Noah Vonley. So Noah replacing Noah, at least this 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 Noah at least has a pulse and can you know kind of still jump at an NBA caliber level. So that's cool. But um, it, in terms of next summer, it actually opens up about. A good bit of cap space, honestly. So like, this is a this is the kind of move, like honestly, you don't make unless like you're going all in next like next summer. So, I mean, with that in mind, they did also today was a deadline for uh, the players from the class or the draft class of 2015 to get their extensions. You know, so the deadline passed and they did not give KP an extension. So that also plays into the summer 2019 like um, plans, but. Uh, what do you think of that? What it's are you kind of like? Is it like a little bit of bittersweet, you know, that we didn't give KP the money that he's rightfully due, or what do you think? This, well, this is good for a big picture, right? The the interesting thing is that with those two, you know, big storylines, they're not surprises. Uh, you and I, we, we, you know, when we talked about it earlier in the summer, um, we knew that there are certain pieces that need to be put in place for for the Knicks to be winners next summer. We know that we we already know this season's going to be a bust for the Knicks. They're not going to play well. You and I we're hoping that they don't play well and they get a high draft high draft pick uh, next summer that has Tank a stack. Thank for Zion, baby. Thank for Zion, yeah. baby. And Hell um, yeah. and you know one of the pieces with getting rid of Noah, which they did, and KP not getting extension. I'm sure, you know, with this front office, I I'm almost positive they had a conversation with him about it and let him know that they they will you know offer him a contract that. They don't have to offer him right now that contract just for the future. And Kristaps has been on the team that this is his what fourth season, uh, if I'm asking right, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. So this is his fourth season, and he this is his fourth coach, and he's been on, uh, he's been a part of a lot of losing games. And I'm sure he he understands the importance of getting a top free agent player, Kevin Durant maybe, um, and you know knock on wood on that, but. I'm sure Kristaps is very mature. Uh, he understands it, um, and we can only hope that the next step is getting rid of Lee, maybe even Hardaway, uh, to to make more cap space to sign maybe another max free agent next summer. What do you think of that? You think that's possible? I mean, I'm just laughing because you know Steve Mills is not gonna let let Hardaway go yet. You know, this is like Phil Jackson was the one that traded Hardaway. Mills was the one that drafted him, so he's not. He's just, he, he brought him back for a reason. That's that's his boy, for better or worse. And I feel like he's gonna have a bounce back season this year. But um, I honestly think that uh, just moving forward, the next step gotta be Courtney Lee getting traded. You know, I agree. Um, yeah. Um, shit, I'm blanking on what you just asked me. Which was your question, bro? My fault. <laughs> Yo, man, we we not we not professional podcasters. I don't even remember what I said. I was I, I was just saying a bunch of shit, but. And Lee Lee's gonna be the next Lee's gonna be the next person uh, to to move hopefully from what it looks like he's actually not in any video footage if you if you looked at it. he hasn't played a single minute I know he's been a little injured but uh, there was a point to be made before that he apparently he was upset 
Um, I don't know if it was a false story, but he was upset that he wasn't yeah, on the Knicks like video footage. Um, but whichever the case, Lee's a great player. He belongs on a championship level team. He would be a good contributor for them. Um, and I think I would be very surprised if they don't move Courtney Lee by by the trade deadline. Yeah, but we felt that same way last year. But I think this year, obviously, it's gonna be more a little more realistic because after the season's over, he only has a year left on his deal. So if you get a three, a solid three and D vet on an expiring deal, I feel like most teams would take that. Which I'm I'm thinking and hoping he gets he gets moved by the trade deadline. You know, clear the decks, be ready for the summer. But if not, I mean, I could see him lasting on the team until like draft night. But, um, yeah, the season is, like, obviously it's all about hope. So, like, going off to that summer 2019, I mean, the elephant in the room, obviously, is uh, that dude out in Golden State. Uh, there's two finals MVPs under his belt right now. You know what I'm talking about. I, I feel like we shouldn't speak his name until that, that the calendar says 2019. But um, what are your thoughts on that marquee free agent and whether we got a shot? Because uh, I know I sent you that article yeah. um, from the ringer. Why would – why would uh, XYZ go to the Knicks after, uh, from the Golden State Warriors, and the, uh, the answer was basketball reasons. You know what I mean? So like, to me, that was just like, oh shit, okay, we not crazy. You know, we know what the fuck we talking about. If like an esteemed website like the Winner is putting that out there, you know. So yeah, just going off that, like, what do you honestly scale one to ten? What are our chances? What do you think? Oof. Uh, I'll be knocking on wood this whole time. This this whole thing is a hypothetical situation. We're not saying this man, who, for we'll call him KD. We'll call him KD for hey. this. Um, for <laughs> for this, uh, KD who has won two championships with the Golden State Warriors probably is going to win his third one, um, this season most likely, given how stacked their team remains, uh, and only got better with Demarcus Cousins, uh. His his chance of coming to New York is pretty good. I don't want to give it a number. Uh, I'll say over five, uh, below ten. But it, it it makes sense in the sense that KD he likes to say that he doesn't care what people think. But you know I read somewhere um, that they're giving examples that to this day he still responds to haters on his Twitter who you know try to bully him on why he left the Thunder to go to the Warriors and he still responds with two titles with two finals MVPs he still wants to respond and like try to you know back himself up but he I'm sure he feels a hate I'm sure he feels like a villain and it's very open that he's yeah it's it's very open he's a he's a quote-unquote villain of the NBA right now because he took LeBron's place after LeBron left Miami to go back to Cleveland um and what a story it would be for for Kevin Durant who is mm-hmm. who's what oh oh shit did I say oh my bad I meant KD um how how great of a story would it be for KD for this example uh knock on wood again uh to go to New York how how old is KD now this hypothetical player thirty about he's turning thirty um by the end of the year so next summer he'll still be thirty but when the season starts he'll be on thirty one. Yes. That's right around the time where LeBron went back to Cleveland. You know what I mean? Around that that same time period. So it lines up, you know, story wise, narrative wise. But yeah, go on. Yeah. So for NBA players, you know, you and I aren't in their heads, but it's kind of clear what they hold. Uh, you know, what what they want ultimately. They want a good reputation. They want titles. Titles first, and reputation and 
you know, a solid future post NBA life. Um, he's he already has his titles. That 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 whole thing is off his shoulders right now. Um, he's gonna he's probably gonna win his third one. And now next is reputation, and then life after NBA. And what better way to get both than by joining the New York Knicks and helping a storied franchise that hasn't won a title since 1973 and being the savior of one of the biggest markets, if not biggest markets, uh, in the world. Yeah, and just to add on to that, this is the same dude that's still in Instagram comments and on Twitter just talking shit back to his fans, you know what I mean? So, like, there's, there's a certain side of me that, like, kind of respects his vulnerability, but the fact that he's open about, like, the fact that, like, he will talk ba- talk shit back, you know, that's the fact that, like, he's he's on, he's on the aggressive, you know what I mean, on, on, like, being the aggressor in terms of engaging with these people that still shit on him. And I'm not even, I've never even faulted him to go to Golden State. It just made the most sense. Because, like, my whole thing with him going there was just like, yo, you can't clown the dude Fong Shore in the playoffs and then still clown him when he's doing something about it to change it. You know what I mean? It just don't make sense to me. But rounding back to the, to how, like, to the Knicks and, you know, so-and-so who, he who shall not be named coming here. Like, obviously, The Ringer put out a really great article talking about, like, the basketball fit. And honestly, it just all depends on, Knox and uh, Frank showing like the true potential to be those supporting pieces because we already know K- KP Porzingis when he's healthy he's when a he's qualified healthy. stud yeah. yeah but I'm saying like th- this ACL is a fluke injury you know like he had a little Nixon Nixon dings here and there lower leg injuries but if, uh, with this new coaching staff with Fizdo they're more modern obviously they're going to preserve him once he gets back healthy he's basically like a three like a three and D upgraded version of Kevin Love. You know what I mean? How Love was like playing off LeBron. Like he can do all that on t- in terms of offense and protect the rim and being that elite force, like backing up. Um, he who shall not be named on the defensive like end. You know what I mean? But the ring to cover the basketball. But like I'm about to drop some knowledge. You know we've spoken about this before. But there there are some like subtle connections to KD from KD to New York. You know what I mean? Scott Perry, our general manager. He was in the front office with the Supersonics that drafted KD. Yes, he was. So he has an he has an established relationship with KD. He also worked at OKC, and he's was colleagues with Sam Presti. And when he was in Orlando as as assistant GM, he was working under Rob Hennigan, right? Who was also from the OKC regime. That connection's all there. Two, kept KD's manager Rich Kleinman works for Rock Nation Sports. Dude grew up in Queens as a lifelong Knicks fan. I've heard this dude straight out of his own mouth say on Bill Simmons' podcast, multiple episodes that Tim and KD were on, say that his dream is to one day run the Knicks. But right now, currently, he said himself that he that the Knicks have good people working there, and he name-dropped Mills and Perry himself. He actually had a little mini-debate with Bill Simmons about the credentials of these two guys, you know what I mean? So that relationship is there, and... I don't know. I mean, it just all makes sense. And narrative-wise, obviously, let's say KD pops pops off another ring this year. You know what I mean? Gets that third Finals MVP, three rings in a row. He's he's there. You go. He's satisfied that that legion of NBA fans that were like, all right, can KD win a ring? He gonna have three of them bit three of them bitches. You know what I mean? By the end of next summer, what's next? The next ob- the next step, obviously, like to us, to, to these two dudes, to these two non-experts sitting here recording a podcast. The next step got to be for him to clean up his reputation, right? What better way to do that than to go to the most besieged and, like, 
downtrodden franchise in the fucking sport. I'm talking about the Knicks, our beloved Knicks. Go over there and be their savior, you know what I mean? It only makes sense for KD to be the rightful savior of this franchise and give us our first true hope at championship glory since, like, the 70s. Like, it's a storybook ending, and there was a dude um, from Yahoo. He works for Yahoo Sports now, Chris Haynes. Used to work at uh, ESPN. He's He was covering the, the Golden State Warriors last season. Um, you know, he was their beat reporter, so he developed relationships with, like, KD and Steph. He was on one of these uh, – talk shows on TV, I forgot which, but he was saying how, like, KD going to the Knicks, like, KD has that feeling that he wants to do it, it's like, the same thing that LeBron did with the Lakers, go to, like, a uh, quote-unquote marquee franchise and literally bring them back to prominence, you know what I mean? It just makes too much sense, and then you throw in the, the business aspect of Nike having the two top dogs in LA and New York, like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm knocking on all kinds of wood right now. I'm, I'm praying to all sorts of gods and demigods and shit, but it almost makes too much sense. And, like, I feel like we're going to jinx it, but it's also like, yo, I don't know. We're not crazy. I mean, we fans and we, we fanatics, but there's nobody out there that can look me in the eye and tell me that this is what I'm saying right now don't make any kind of sense. You know what I mean? Like, I know I just went off on a tangent, but this is like, bro. This, you're speaking I'm from the heart. You, you're speaking from the heart. Yo, I'm talking a gang of shit. As soon as I hear that, as soon as I see that Woj report come across my phone next July, whew, so-and-so signed with the Knicks. I'm I'm going on a shit-sucking world tour. You best believe that, but... Yo, imagine yeah. imagine this. This this is way, way too soon, way too ahead. We're definitely getting ahead of myself here, but imagine a lineup, right? With an advanced Frank Nilakina, six foot six point guard. He doesn't even mm. need to be a point guard. You got Kevin Knox, six mm. foot nine, right now. Maybe may even be six foot ten later. Talk about it. Talk about it. Talk we our shit. first round pick. You want Zion? I like R.J. Barrett or Barrett. I don't know how to pronounce last name, but I've seen him play. He's nasty. He might be the number one pick. Get him in there. He's six foot seven right now. He's eighteen years old. We got three right now. You got Ooh. Kevin uh, <clears throat> KD, who Man. is nearly seven foot tall, arguably the best up. player in the world. <laughs> Keep going. And at the five, you got Kristaps Porzingis. And, wait, one more. Guiding all these guys is the guy that you look so like. David Fisdale. Dashingly handsome, I agree. That he is dashingly handsome. Yep. Those glasses. Mm. Mm. I'll tell you what, that lineup looking like a snack, boy. God damn. God damn. I'm going to need a moment to compose myself. You, you take this over for a little bit. <laughs> but... I wanted to make a point. Um, this is outside of the Knicks. Uh, when we were talking about Kristaps' extension, there's another player from his class that got his extension today for four years, $80 million. That's Miles Turner. And that was a huge steal for the Pacers, who who have been doing great things these last few seasons with Victor Oladipo and unlocking him. Um, and now Miles Turner, they locked him up for the next four years at a very, very discounted price. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you one thing about Miles Turner. You want you know what school he went to, right? What school did he go to? University, University of Texas. You know who else went there, right? Yes, I I'm do. Just saying. Yes, I I'm do. That has nothing to do. That has nothing to do with the Knicks. Yeah, I'm but... saying these connections are everywhere, son. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nah, yeah, Miles Turner, I like him. You know, because um, like just going back a couple years when we was just like really obsessing about the 2015 draft. Because that was like our first top five pick in a minute. Um, 
I was thinking worst case, because you know all them rumors were about like Phil trading down and shit out of number four. I was thinking worst case if we did trade down, Miles Turner was the guy I wanted, you know? Yeah. So I think the rumor back then was we go from four to eight, you know? I think at eight, I think Turner went ten. So at eight, I would have been very comfortable taking Miles Turner there. And um, one could say last year he didn't really show as much growth as he should have, but he's in the modern NBA, he's like, like if he were not to improve at all, he would still be a really good high level contributor. He's a he's a shot blocking big that can hit an open jumper and you could operate as a role man, you know. So this uh, this season coming up is gonna be big for him, crucial. But he's um, got the I tools. Hear, yeah, yeah, he most definitely has the tools. And I just heard over the summer how like he did similar to what Oladipo did last summer. He worked on transforming his body to you know take himself to that next level in terms of athleticism and you know coordination and shit like that. So. Um, if you can show a little bit and be like that 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 number two option, that so solid number two option to all the deepers in the bone option, I think this this season like it's 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 gonna be big for the Pacers because I low key like think people are sleeping on them because I could see them as a top four seed, and if Turner takes that next step, you know what I mean? Like maybe he becomes like borderline All Star level, shows a little more diversity in his offensive game, or even just becomes like a pure knockdown three point shooter while also knocking on the paint and being that solid force in the, in the paint for them on defense and defensive glass. Like, I, I really like the deal, and it's just kind of crazy because, I mean, we were comparing it before we started recording. We were comparing it to the, the cat extension, right? That's almost like – I mean, it's one less year, but it's almost half the value of cat's extension. So I think it's a steal in that regard. But just, just going off of that, like, do you think KP sees that money? that Turner just got and he's kind of like you know feeling a type of way maybe like because I know like they probably had conversations with them about like summer 2019 plans but do you think this is this is kind of going to be kind of like maybe like uh, a foreshadowing or something that could kind of doom us like maybe you know we've been working to get KP back in the fold and like buy in but maybe do you think this will rub him the wrong way that he's seen all these other young players get paid and he's kind of just still waiting what do you think? I you know it's it's interesting. Um, I think ultimately we got we we were blessed to get KP. He is a very unselfish player from what we see. I feel like money being a thing that bothers him is not you know any. I, I it's hard for me to imagine him getting upset by not getting paid. I think he he himself is 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 only focused on his game. He's a gym rat and. I, I like I mentioned before I, I'm, I'm sure the front office had a conversation with him about the money um, he's still a young guy he has his brothers his agent his, his brothers got his back and if we're not seeing any reports yet about them being upset by I feel like it probably hasn't happened especially in New York media I'm sure they they try to find out if you know <laughs> if KP or his brother were upset that they didn't get the extension I and if it's if it hasn't been mentioned in the last you know six to ten hours I feel like it didn't happen I I believe that he understands he had an ACL injury, he has to come back from it, and then they'll get a proper evaluation of how he'll be the next four to five years, um, and then they'll All be tough. able to give him a proper you know, extension. I'm sure he'll get the max if he comes back in at least 80 to 90% of what he was last season, and hopefully he'll be even better. Um, but most, most but yeah. it's funny you mentioned the New York media, because I did see some shit on Twitter maybe like an hour ago. Like One reporter said, like, um, this is like a risk because they might... Turn KP off, so he's this fucking New York like. Uh, is it New, New York, York Post tabloids. guy? It's a New York Daily News guy. He's uh, uh, the white guy, uh, Stephen Bondi. Uh, probably maybe heard of his name in passing. He's uh, not worth shit to write about because his shit ain't worth reading about. But 
Yeah, he's one of them, like, the fucking New York media, especially the Daily News, with, when Frank Isola was it, it was all about stirring the pot and shit stirring, so yeah. it is what it is, trying to sow those seeds of discontent on KP's end, but I definitely think he's bought in, and you got Fizdale saying, how, like, oh, like, when reporters ask him about what KP's involvement is, he's basically says, oh, KP's another assistant coach, like, and it's great to fucking hear that, you know, that he's enthusiastic about helping these youngins and shit come along and for him to get back in the fold, I'm like really hyped. But yeah, man. I mean, I don't. I don't think there's anything to worry about. Like you said, you know, I feel like this front office is on point with just in terms of the communication with their players and shit. But yep. is, you know, is there a part of you that kind of just? I mean, I know we we're shitting on Noah right now, but is there a part of you that just kind of feels sad about how it happened? Because he's a dude that really didn't want to play there, you know. And just like when he was in Chicago, I loved him. Just the way his balls to the wall style, how like. He was just all about being grimy and making sure the team's defense never fell off. Like, I just felt yeah. like, you know, part of me was really yeah, was really hopeful about that signing, but so the part of you that's disappointed, or what you think? Like, yeah, when, when was he when was he signed? Two, was it two years ago or was it three years ago? It might have been three It was 2016. Years ago. Yeah, it was, it was like we, we traded for Rose in yeah. summer of 2016, and like two weeks later we got his, his homie. Yeah, I remember clearly uh, when we traded for Rose, you and I were pretty hyped. Um, and we're like, oh shit, yo, we're gonna get Noah now, he's like in his form, and Phil Jackson is gonna be able to convince him, and that was when we were still trust. I was still trusting Phil Jackson, you, you still trust him, I think, uh, <laughs> to this day. Hey, but, hey, hey. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about, we'll, we'll talk slander. about another, we'll talk about that another time, but I was just like, alright, listen, I'm down for Noah, he's good, I understand he has an old body, he, he was playing under Thibodeau's minutes, uh, but if we get him on a pretty good deal, he'll be okay. Dude got a four-year, $72 million deal, and dude, I was just like, uh... But then at that point, we're like, all right, you know what? There are a lot of big contracts going around. Noah is coming in for the triangle. I hate that word now, triangle. And he'll be a great fit for the triangle. He'll be able to pass, rebound, block. Like, this dude's a defensive player of the year. Like, he got this. And we're like, all right, fine. Then he got hit with the injuries. Then he got hit with the... With the... Uh, the, the, the drug-enhancing... Whoa. Strength enhancing drugs, some form of drugs, right? And he was suspended I think that for was just last year, wasn't it? I don't even remember. He got he got hit with something. He got suspended. Uh, it all came together. You know, it was disappointing. You know, I was hoping he would be a fit for the triangle. He'll be able to teach KP to be a decent a defensive player of the year caliber player, which KP kind of is right now. I'm sure he he learned a thing or two. But Noah had that grit that we were hoping that he would be able to bring out in New York, and unfortunately, that didn't work out. But yeah, I was um, I was hoping it work out. Noah was a great player with the Bulls. Unfortunately, we're probably not ever going to see that kind of player again. You him. know, and the thing is, like, I know there's a lot of, a, like, obviously you're one of them, but there's a segment of Nick fans that just truly hate the dude. But, yo, motherfuckers throw me the bag, 72 mil, I'm going to take it. And it's not like he sucked on purpose. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't like an Amari situation where we paid that dude 100 mil and he was just always fucking indifferent about the whole concept of defense in a basketball game. Like, there's fucking clips of this dude just being spun around and, like, his back turned to a dude shooting. Like, Noah is just, like, his body betrayed him. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, it's those Thibodeau minutes in, in Chicago that he just gave his blood, sweat, and tears for. You know what I mean? Yeah. And all the minutes that he broke down, so... I didn't think it was an I mean, obscenely not, bad contract offer. If he played his games, it might have been more worth it, but, you know, maybe, like, mm. maybe, like, 50, uh, 50 mil would have been more reasonable, even though that would have been, in of itself, a bad contract. Yeah, I mean, 
even at the time, we were just like, yo, this is a lot of money, but, you know, the cap's going up, so all these people, like, we we, we thought at the time all these contracts are going to be the norm, right? But then it was just that one summer. So all the teams that spent that stupid amount of money on fucking average-ass players got fucked, you know? Like, yep. I think the Wizards, like, they wanted Noah, and then 72 mil was too steep for them. So you know what they did? They gave 56 mil to Jan Mahimi. You know who that is? <laughs> I, I forgot about him. listeners right now don't know who that is. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I remember him on the Pacers. I, I thought he was still on the Pacers. <laughs> He's been on the Wizards for a minute. I, I went to the game, and I was shocked. He's, I was like, oh, shit, Jan, you here? Huh? <laughs> he was calling his name to the bleachers. But uh, anyway. But, I mean, I, yo, I think that was the last. Yeah, I think that was the last Phil Jackson player that's currently employed on the Knicks, right? That was the last contract, if I'm not wrong. Lance Thomas, son. Lance Thomas. Oh. Uh, Baker. That's true. Game Dotson. Frank is a Phil Jackson pick. This is I mean, true. Clarence, this is true. Clarence Gaines scouted him. You know what I mean? Like, this is what, like, the last we, bad we, move. Yeah, we're going yeah. to do a whole Phil Jackson episode, this, but like... Yep. He never traded draft picks, and he made sure his boy Clarence had a voice in the room in terms of scouting and drafting. Because of Clarence, the man who scouted Scottie Pippen for the Bulls, the man who scouted T-Mac for the Bulls, and who the Bulls were on the verge of trading for in 97 if Michael Jordan didn't put a kibosh on that deal. This man was trusted by Phil to find our, our future, and he got us KP and Frank. So, I mean, we, we can talk all, the, all all day about all the dickhead antics that Phil did, but on this soapbox that I'm sitting on right now, he did well in terms of drafting and cultivating youth for us. But going back to the gigantic turd of a contract he handed out, she was trash, but right now I feel like I think this is one aspect that goes overlooked. Like, yeah, it made financial sense for us to cut him to clear that space in 2019, but it's obvious that, like, our front office is, is really putting that emphasis on a good culture. So you can't have a good culture if you're paying a dude to stay away. You know what I mean? Like, it just it just reflects for, poorly on the culture. And honestly, it's probably a favor to his agent as well because that's what all these – a lot of – some NBA moves really boil down, so he's just doing favors for agents. You know what I mean? So – his agent probably wanted no one on another team. He was like, all right, we'll cut him. We can't find anybody to trade him. You know what I mean? So all in all, I feel like we handled it well. But, yeah, it's it's definitely bittersweet for me because I was a big Joakim Noah fan. You know what I mean? Like the, the summer of 2016, that was the one move I was really hyped for. And I know we was both excited about D-Rose, but that's another train wreck we could discuss so, at another time. I just wanted you to clarify. You're saying that uh, by cutting Noah that – that reflects poorly on the Knicks front office. Besides the point that they couldn't find a trading partner, which which is nearly oh, impossible. No, 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 no. Okay, that's no, that's why that's like, what I understood. Oh no no no! I was saying how like it it would have reflected poorly if we kept him. You know what I mean? Okay. And like literally paid him to stay home. Because how are you gonna have a culture where people, players want to invest a culture of camaraderie? You know what I mean? And just all about hope when you paying a dude seventy two mil or whatever to stay at home. You know what I mean? Like, right. So on that end, I feel like it was a good move for just for the culture's sake, you know. Like, it's just it's just would not have worked well to like or set a good example for the young players. You know what I mean? Like, yo, you could act belligerent, we'll still pay you. You just work from home, and like that shit don't work in basketball. But yeah. yeah. So for actually, so moving forward, um, or moving on at least, we're gonna talk about who you and I predict will be the next MVP, Rookie of the Year, and the Defensive Player of the Year. So that'll be on our next segment. Uh, but now a word from our sponsors. Man, we don't got any sponsors. What the fuck? 
Oh shit, yeah. Yeah, no. If anyone's listening and they want to sponsor us, give me an email. Give me a call. Um, my number's not on this, but you know, give me an email, shoot us out, shout us out, whatever. We're looking for sponsors. Throw, throw so. us a couple dollars too. We'll, we'll drop some names. You good with the name dropping? Yeah. So this Where episode of the Nickish podcast is sponsored by Mo and Nafi. Back yeah. to the show. All right, so um, just going off of that that tangent on Noah, I guess we could let's work our way up to MVP. So let's uh, let's start with Defensive Player of the Year. So yes, I know sir. Joakim Noah, former Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> you know, you see how that ties in. You know, listeners, are you seeing this? We weave in a narrative right here for y'all. But um, yeah, um, who do you think is gonna be Defensive Player of the Year this season? Oh man, it's it's really tough. Um, I can give you like a top three. Uh oh. Meanwhile, uh, I have my fantasy draft bro. going yeah, on, so yeah, I gotta pay yeah. attention to this uh, as well. But um, uh, I'm on the clock soon. Uh, Rudy Gobert's still gonna be there. Kawhi's back. Um, Kevin Durant stepped it up. I, I'm a believer in Kawhi Leonard. I think he's gonna go back to his top five form. I, if I had to make a vote, uh, I would vote for Kawhi Leonard. That's a good pick, honestly. Um, I mean, I, I probably would have went with Kawhi too, but just for the sake of, you know, content, I'm gonna go with Gobert. Safe pick. If he's healthy, he plays like at least 70 games. And that Utah defense looks like it did last year. Like, there's no reason that they not that he she shouldn't take home that award again. You know what I mean? Actually, did he take it last year? He did, right? He did. Uh, yeah, sure. Good year, Rudy. But um, yeah. All right, moving on. We'll do the lightning round. Rookie of the year. What do you think? Rookie of the year. Uh, let's let's agree on a on a top three first. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, I would say, is a top three. Luka Doncic and maybe our boy Kevin Knox. Do you agree? Mm, I feel like Marvin Bagley's got to be in there. Really? Just because just because the Kings are nothing but young players, and like he's gonna go out there, he just like what what do you do in college? You just put up like scoring numbers and shit and grab rebounds. So I think he could fill up the box score with rebounds and points and shit so I think just by that just to buy the argument of like putting up like nice offensive numbers he'll be in that conversation because people were guessing up Kyle Kuzma last year and he's not nearly as talented as Bagley you know what I mean I don't know if that's a hot take or not but shit yeah, Bagley's defense from what I've heard is non-existent yeah but it's like it's, it's rare to find rookies that are good in defense you know what I mean like it's you look at the advanced numbers throughout every rookie for probably the last 30 years, like they've got a negative defense effect on their team, so it's rare to find that. It's not, and like we already know what the Rookie of the Year award is, it's like the best rookie, obviously, like the ones that put up the best numbers and shit. Like, I feel like last year was a special case because Mitchell, Tatum, and Simmons, all three of them motherfuckers were special. That was a rare, rare Rookie of the Year race, you know? Yeah. But otherwise, like the year before that, it was Michael Brogdon, you know what I mean? So it's just like, the crop of rookies could be trash for somebody like the award, right? So I think I definitely feel like Baggy could be in the conversation just because of opportunity, and there's really nobody else on that Kings team that can score. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't All even right. name anybody. Maybe De'Aaron Fox, but yeah. Why don't you go first for this one? Are we doing MVP? Uh, no, for uh, Rookie of the Year. Wait, you chose Marvin Bagley? No, I'm just oh, saying okay, he got me in conversation. But rookie, my uh, my rookie of the year is fucking Doncic, yeah. Like. Yeah. He's but uh, I feel like he's obviously price can pick his own. He's like he's looking at like chubby and shit. But maybe midway through the season he gets on a hot streak and he just 
he's exciting, man. Like, shit, throwing alley-oops to DeAndre, feeding Dennis Smith, you know what I mean? Like, getting Harrison Barnes some, like, easy buckets. Like, I think he's – I think the Mavericks of all these, like, these top-tier rookies, they're going to be probably the most competitive team because I feel like the Suns are going to be trash, Kings are going to be trash, we're going to be trash, you know what I mean? Like, I think the Mavs, just because, like, the veterans they got on the team and Rick Carlisle is, is a pretty good coach, they're going to be competitive and – that's gonna help well, Doncic and his uh, is it Doncic or Doncic? I'm pretty sure it's Doncic. I'm gonna call him the Donk Man. So the Donk Man, he's gonna, I think he's gonna be playing some meaningful games, maybe. You know, like it might, it's gonna be a tight race in the West. But like, if he could get Dallas to that tenth, ninth seed, maybe like at best, like I think that'll really go a long way to his candidacy. But who you got? Uh. I okay. I I think DeAndre Ayton is gonna get better numbers than Doncic. I think Doncic is gonna have more flash, and I don't really know how the voting works for this. Uh, who who chooses who chooses them? I think for all these awards, it's the the writers, the right. NBA writers. So yeah. Uh, uh, I think I think Ayton is gonna take it because I feel like Doncic is gonna get a little overshadowed with, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. competing with him, and then he's got Harrison Barnes coming at some point. He's playing on a better team than Aiton is. I know Booker's on that team, but Aiton, I feel like he's going to stand out a little bit more just because his team is worse. And I know I know that doesn't make too much sense because Simmons was playing with Embiid, but Simmons was a different level. But I think Aiton might be a guy who can average, who might be able to average a 20, 10, and maybe even, you know, two blocks. That's a good pick, honestly. And it's kind of weird to say, but like people are sleeping on Aiton, yeah. even though he's the number one pick. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of wild, but yeah, that's definitely a respectable pick. But um, alright, let's go. Let's go to the real shit then. I mean, there's there's obviously more awards, but uh, who you got for uh, MVP? Uh, my hope. It's not really. I don't know if it's a belief, but I I I hope that it goes to Giannis. I hope he finally. I mean, he's he's definitely broken out. I want to see him take that next level and be be the the LeBron post Kobe. You know what I mean? Uh, he could be the the guy post LeBron and Durant, and just be a fucking beast. And I think he has that capability. I think his new head coach is gonna be able to do it. Um, what was his name again from the Hawks? The Bud Man. Yeah, Budenholzer. Budenholzer will be the guy to unlock him at that next level. And we're, I'm I'm really excited to see this guy just go off on every team that he faces. So Giannis Antetokounmpo is my pick for MVP. Respectable choice. Part of me like wants to lean into the narrative and say LeBron's gonna take this, just because like it would be such a good story. You know what I mean? Like the kind of story that these writers that voted on this shit would eat it up. Like oh, LeBron went to the Lakers, he took a team of youngins to 50 games. You know what I mean? Like that seems like an MVP story on a platter. But with that being said, I'm gonna go with AD because I feel like it's his time. Like I feel like. We people have been saying for a minute that he's about to be the best player in the league for like the last four years. You know what I mean? And I think this is gonna be the year where he just like, I mean, obviously they fucking wild out in the fucking playoffs last year. They embarrassed the Blazers, which is a phony ass team. But regardless, they fucking put the clamps on them. I think AD this season, um, like he'll have his numbers gonna be crazy just because Boogie's not gonna be there. You know what I mean? It's literally just him, Drew Holiday, and a bunch of role players fitting in. He's gonna put up crazy numbers, and I think they can knock on the door of 50 wins. They could reach that 50 win win, 50 win threshold. I'm gonna go with AD. He's my pick for MVP because I can see it happening. 
like it obviously helped from inning because you know his health ain't been the the most clean. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's my pick for MVP. Yeah, I think it's a good choice. He still has Drew Holiday in that team. Rondo, I think, is a pretty. It's not a big blow, but it's a it has a pretty significant blow to to them. But I think he's gonna fit well with Randall and Miritich. Miritich, obviously, he gelled with well last season after Cousins mm-hmm. uh, tore his Achilles. But yeah, yeah, good good choice, very good choice. AD was projected to be the next best player after uh, after KD and LeBron, so I wouldn't be surprised if if he gets the award. Yeah, I mean. With that being said, give us give our top three predictions. I think we call a put put a bow on this episode. And uh, once again, to our listeners, you know, happy NBA Eve. Let's let's hope you enjoy the fruits of the opening opening night tomorrow. It's gonna be a historic season. I can't wait to you know keep recording these episodes and you know let let the uh, the fans know what's up with the NBA, mm-hmm. especially yeah. the Knicks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then this time next year, we're going to be talking so much shit once we get who he who shall not be named, you know? But yeah. for now, we'll keep it humble. That's right. So, uh, hoping to put these episodes out every week. Uh, for those of you listening, thank you so much. Uh, give us a review, a rating, all subscribe. that good stuff. Subscribe. I don't even know if they can subscribe to this. We'll find out when we start uploading these episodes. Uh, we're so Finally new to this. Subscribe. Be dedicated listeners. Prove your worth. Subscribe somehow, somewhere. Yep. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, etc., etc. Uh, and yeah, enjoy the NBA season. Yeah, yeah and hit our line if you're trying to sponsor. You know, let's, let's build. That's right.